0: We can
1: everyone. My name is Anchi John Terrier, and I am welcoming you to Ring Talk. And my guest today is world champion in Taekwondo, world champion in kickboxing. It is Darryl Hannigan. Daryl, welcome to the show. Thank you. What a career you've had, my friend. Oh, what a great. career. So let's educate our friends and talk to them about all the great things that you've done okay. and that you've contributed to the martial arts. Okay. As we start you started martial arts a long long time ago in
0: 74.
1: in 74 do you remember your first class
0: um i remember the essence of the first you know that time you know what i mean when you are uh, you know you're first going into the school and actually i, I wasn't a part of the class when i first started <laughs> uh, when i started getting introduced to it i was in um uh, judo, and uh, I started in Shotokan karate. Okay. So I had, you know, a little bit of um, interest uh, in martial arts at that time, and uh, a friend of mine was doing Taekwondo, and I used to go and watch his class. When I was uh, finished, and we'd go bike home together after that. And I wasn't, you know, I mean it, it was interesting, but not enough that it didn't captivate me really. I just thought it was, oh, that's in-, and I was from New York, and that yeah. time, you know. I was he. 11, was eleven, eleven, twelve, and uh, everything to me was funny. So I would make fun of them, and it wasn't, you know, <laughs> it wasn't really what I thought it should be. You know, it didn't captivate me. And then uh, around that time, you had, um, you know, W uh, wrestling. I would have WWE, D- I think, yeah, or something. E or F or F, something. WWF, and you had uh, Edward Caponche and. Yes. Uh, and I wasn't a wrestling fan. I just liked the flipping that he did. <laughs> so, you know, at that time with the, the Bruce Lee movies and the martial arts movies and, uh, and uh, you know, the, the sensationalizing of martial arts, that's kind of what I thought you should see and, and do. And um, when I started judo, I, I was getting actually pretty good. It was the second, sport, uh, second art I tried. And... Uh, I uh, subsequently the the school that my uh, friend was training at the teacher s- sold to another teacher and he came in and uh, he'd always kick me out cuz I'd be laughing at the <laughs> laughing at them so I, <laughs> that's so
1: cool, I, eventually, I, like
0: that. I eventually went to uh see um a taekwondo demonstration at the, it used to be the Eaton's and uh Simpsons and that when it was that on time St. Catherine On St. Catherine that's yeah. right and uh, I saw a demonstration, and uh, that uh, that caught me right right away. So. That's good. And so this was with the Chung Lee group. This yeah, it was with uh, Ray Nickel. Ray, Ray Nickel. Nickel and Stan and uh, a guy named Ron Velders and uh, Prue. I think his name was Claude Prue, something like that. And Ray has been a
1: major factor in your career. We're going to come back to yes, Ray in a yes, minute absolutely. because you know, to me. Uh, being from Ottawa and being in martial arts for about 60 years now i remember in the 60s and early right. 70s that you would name a city and and you could tell which martial arts school was the best it was right. open tournament then right. it was right. open right right and right. yes. ottawa you would say langelier karate school right. they were excellent they the right. great fighters tough guys montreal and there was other good schools in right. ottawa but montreal Chung Lee yeah. was the man to bring the top guys. You know, Rainy was yeah. one of them. Dan yeah. Riche, oh my lord! Yeah, he's the first
0: uh, first superstar in uh, taekwondo.
1: Yes, I mean in martial arts, even. You know, <laughs> well, so. he, he was, and uh, he was uh, for me. He was a, a guy that was so fast right. and had so much timing and everything else. So, and then Toronto was another group and everything right. else. Now, let's talk
0: about your development. But he also had a good outside presence. Yes, you know when you look back on you know uh, martial artists at the time that kind of carried the mantle of what uh, martial artists should represent. You know he was a he was a very good example of that. You know other fighters too, but um, you know he was the the main focus. And like you said, a lot of the supporting fighters. Uh, even if they didn't win they were still tough as nails you know, yes the, so
1: yes they were and 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 you know when Dan Richey was on top of the world as the top fighter he had competition you know there right. was guys in Ottawa and Toronto you know and in Montreal and the states yeah. and I mean everybody was gunning for this guy right. you know right. like uh, uh, he was the Bill Wallace of Canada that's right think about that you he know was. and we know Superfoot as personal friends yeah. and, and they actually met. Yes, if they fought twice. They fought twice. Yeah. And uh, uh, yeah, they fought in Toronto in yeah. kickboxing. I was at that fight. Yeah. And Gary Legacy was the referee.
0: Was he? Yeah. I yeah. was at that fight too. Boy, I was yeah. all of 13 years, 14 years old. Yes, yes. Yeah.
1: I know. And it, 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 because of people like that and people like you, mm-hmm. martial arts has taken a new meaning and has taken a new direction in life. Right. You eventually won the world title in
0: taekwondo right tell us about that well okay so again back to that story when i actually started taekwondo um i um i never i never paid to go to taekwondo i didn't i never paid for a uniform i never paid for i only had uh the stipulation that uh i go to all the classes and i go to all the competitions and i do what my instructor ray would tell me to do um, and um, I started to get pretty good at that, and I'm just going to lead up to that part. And um, and uh, I was about a, a green belt, and you, you remember a fighter, a great fighter named uh, Mike Warren. Yes, of course. One of the one of the premier fighters of his time, also. Yeah. And And um, he was he was a guest to come out of our school, and I think I was a, a green belt at that time. And at this time, you know, most martial artists in schools have a uh, inert sense of um n- not elitism, elitism but an inert sense of pride in themselves which can sometimes carry over to ego yeah <laughs> and boastful uh, but and, you know. and we're young so. and we're young yeah, and you you know you th- that generation was the first generation yes. so everything there was done to the max yes you know what i mean their training was done to their max their the emphasis on brotherhood was done to the max their rivalries were all done to the max so you know they were the example and y- you know you were the example of what martial arts the foundation of what martial arts should be and so we you know you know we as a second generation and then carrying on remember i just stopped fighting in 2005 so not i know, I not know that long ago but um so when i so when i started with him and started to become you know better i had a Chance to spar with uh, Mike Warren, and I was young and you know, and, and impressionable. And um, my it wasn't so much that uh, I got beat up or anything like that. It was I didn't do well, and I didn't like the fact that I didn't do well. And it was it was that was the first time I realized I'm never going to be impressed by anybody. I'm never going to let someone else's opinion. Or someone else's, you know, style or capability influenced me, and from there I started to really excel. And um, at that point, uh, Ray uh, had it in mind for me that uh, I'm going to be a, the, the first world champion in taekwondo. And
1: that was your breakthrough day. That's right. That, that, was, the, that's that was the that was that pivotal moment yes, where you know yes.
0: something in your life and something in your career makes you go in another direction. And You know it's a it's it's an amazing thing because you learn so many things and i i always refer revert refer refer back to you know growing up in the the moment momentous times that you remember and and i liken them to how your coaching or your mentor or your teacher has a really impactful and dramatic uh, effect on your you as a student which i'm sure he, he had on many others and as you're growing and as you're performing and as you're getting better, you, 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 you learn to appreciate that, uh, that relationship.
1: You know what? It's, it, you were fortunate because you ended up at a good school yeah. and you ended up at a school with a good success story and as right, a group, right. but you had a great coach in Ray Right. And absolutely. I remember him
0: in tournaments. Right.
1: He was pretty good when he had his brother, Stan. Yeah,
0: Stan, Ray Stan, uh, the whole group. Ray Stan, Patrick Montesi, Jean Picard, uh, yeah. Daniel Richer, uh, Serge, Serge Langois, um, Denis Langois. He had a real, a real class of guys that fought.
1: When Grandmaster Chung Lee at his school <laughs> close to the Metropolitan Boulevard in right. Montreal, Friday night, was, was sparring night. Was the, I would drive down, and I would be a spectator, right. and I would watch the training that he put the guys through. Right. As a coach, I've learned by watching him. Right. But sometimes my mind would travel faster than anything else because there was so much action right you know and these guys were really good you 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 saw and you came up watching those guys
0: absolutely and that was an- that's another story too you know we learned in the the stages of uh, evolution the preparatory positions that you have to go through the, the stages that you must learn and adapt to as you're going and how to be better than Uh, you know you were yesterday and not necessarily better than anyone else it wasn't really necessarily anyone else it was a question of how do i get better you know how do i how do i be better as a fighter how do i be better training how do i be better in my pro approach to you know my success it's it's you know those those stories like we go to competition it was a culture We go to competitions we went to every competition we in toronto uh, in ontario in uh, u.s like new jersey new york all, you know and those are some tough guys like you said and initially it was open tournament and we'd fight a lot of the uh, kenju Kempo guys and the <laughs> kung fu guys and the, you know the karate guys and it was yeah. it was it was a learning period and that's why i said too on the, the show you had mentioned that um you know initially today we're a brotherhood yeah you know? that's right everybody has learned to respect and appreciate martial arts, not just one style of martial art or another. And as a martial artist, we're a family. And our education has taught us that, uh, you know, in growing up, you leave childish things behind and you realize that uh, we are a family.
1: And you know, growing up too, if I look at my siblings and when I was a young man going to grade school and uh, Everything has changed, but the respect has stayed. You know, um, one of the things I like to do, I have friends that I've been friends with for almost 60 years. They were in grade school together, and we play poker about five, six times a year. If I'm stuck somewhere, I can call any of them. They'll come and help me out. That's the brotherhood. But if I play poker, they'll take my they shirt, take of money, course, huh? you know, because they're, they're <laughs> winners. The <laughs> they like to, yeah. But that's what it is in martial arts too now, right. you right. know. I uh, You once said something to me. You won, was it, what year did you win the title?
0: 1981 81. in Santa Clara, California. It was uh, the first World uh, Games.
1: And, and the World Games, in those days, you were allowed to punch and kick. Right. And then you said it, it changed. Now, it changed maybe for the
0: better, you know? Well, it it, it like initially because, you know, you had um, a lot of mixed, what they call the mixture of martial arts or yeah. different styles of martial arts, and we competed together. So the rules kind of had to be, you know, fair for everyone. And so punching to the face or controlled punching to the face, it, it was a lot that's simulating what... Maybe sport karate or uh, kickboxing, you know, a flair and flavor of it at that time. And around the course of um, Brown Belt, they had to be around the uh, late 90s, just the starting of the 80s, because 81 was the World Games and was strictly Taekwondo. So we had competed at least a year or two in Taekwondo. So it had to be around 79 that can, uh, taekwondo kind of broke off from that and really developed its a uh, unique style of fighting that was strictly uh, kicking, and so we, we we punched of course, but we didn't use the punch as a um, as a um, point a point to. I used it as not a, not a point. I just want <laughs> to put my finger my face my fa- my hand through his chest yeah so but it worked for me yeah it was a, t- a part of my fighting style and i used it and I, I gained advantage by using that so i even though we uh you know we evolved to another system and st- a style of fighting i still brought what was uh you know advantageous for me to use you're still involved in taekwondo you teach you i teach uh, i just um i was teaching the royal military college from uh, 2003 to 2019 And uh, I've taken a little hiatus from them, but I still teach uh, personal training and I teach taekwondo and I teach uh, kickboxing and boxing, physical fitness. Taekwondo now is an
1: Olympic sport. Right. And it's it's good. I mean, what I see is that I go back in the old school where everybody punch, kick and everything else. But the speed that they've got and the way that they kick now is... It's not for power now; it's for speed. Right. I I
0: think that you know, um, in all, um, let's say, in uh, fairness, let's be fair. Yeah. Taekwondo has evolved to an Olympic to a, as an Olympic sport that um, that uh, you have two styles of taekwondo that actually are in the Olympics. And the Olympics were very uh, initially open and uh, accepted Taekwondo as the WTF, which is the World Taekwondo yeah. Federation. But you had simultaneously the ITF, which was the International Taekwondo yeah. Federation. And the International Taekwondo Federation, uh, it was a lot like sport karate, like you would see sport karate, and until they started adapting the the techniques of the doubles and spinning kicks and three sixties and and other kicks and um, but it was, a, it was a there was a distinction between those two, but in order for ITF to compete in the Olympics as Taekwondo, they had to then graft themselves to WTF and become one entity in order to okay. compete in the Olympics. And so the style of Taekwondo is kind of like what you see now with a lot of uh, you know controlled kicking or kicking to the face or or you know hitting with sensors and so it's it's become you know more of a game of let's say tag because yeah. it's really about sensors where you've taken out the element of forceful fighting or full contact fighting and for whatever its reasons are i i, I haven't spoken to anyone that um that's really in charge of that to say what what is or isn't their uh, motives for changing and adapting to that way and uh, I don't compete in that. And my, my feeling is, philosophy is, I did Taekwondo, and, I, and we evolved through Taekwondo. I left Taekwondo to do kickboxing for 10, 11 years. And then I went back to Taekwondo. Okay. And I was almost as successful as when I left. But I didn't fight the same way. That's right. The whole system of fighting had changed. And the, you know you, if I went back with the idea of, Oh, I'm gonna fight like I did uh, you know ten, fifteen years, twelve years ago. I'm not gonna win. no, so I had to learn how to use um, the you know the the experience that I gained as a fighter, how do i how do I adapt that to what what they're doing today? And what I did was I learned to do what they're doing today, and then I did what they were not doing. that's right. And then I added that, and that became you know the signature of me as a fighter is. I adapt to what my environment is and I excel in it and then you, you know you
1: look at today's like taekw- a few minutes ago we spoke about the boys the champions right, right. you know like the Dan Riche and the Picard yeah. and and everybody the right. D.K.L brothers yeah. and whatnot yeah. who's the star these days in Taekwondo?
0: You can't say I mean you know I when I went back to Taekwondo uh, it was in 96 95 96 and you had a, a, a you know a pretty decent group of guys fighting and they had been there they had 10 11 years to compete and um when i i when i went back a lot of people who had heard of me and being who i am had had yeah. some kind You're of a world champion yeah it had some kind of yeah. expectation yeah and um you know hopefully i i exceeded their expectations <laughs> but you know and in coming back to that you know like just kind of kind of ties into what you're saying I'm a known person going back to taekwondo as opposed to who's really there in taekwondo yeah and and that being said it's like you know I don't follow taekwondo that uh, intently because I have no really you know fighters competing and I, I I met some of the fighters that were at the top of their game when I competed again and they were you know great guys some of them I have a few stories with you know and and, uh, like, Pascal Gentil from uh, France, you know, I was the smallest guy coming back, just by the way. <laughs> I was the oldest and the smallest. These guys were all 6'5", 6'6", 6'7". That's when you learn to fight giants. That's when you learn to... Don't back up. <laughs> don't back up, yeah. But, uh, you know, and, you know, some of them are great guys. Some of them are really, uh, you know, they had to... I, I think if if I show them anything aside from skill in fighting uh i would hope that would be your you know how you represent yourself after you fight and you know when the fight's over and you're in the audience and you know when you have people looking at you you know uh, i i used
1: to i've seen your kickboxing career yes okay very much and so. i used to do the television commentary yeah, that's right we have a
0: little clip with you yeah right? the, the clip there
1: <laughs> man you know so i look at that and I go back and I remember your debut in kickboxing. Mm. We're gonna now we're gonna move from taekwondo to kickboxing yeah. because I, I just mentioned that. Yeah. And I I remember of all the light heavyweight and heavyweight, the big boys, you know, in the ring. I always said this. I said if somebody's gonna knock out somebody with the kick and hurt them real bad. Mm is Darryl Danigan? You had that spinning hook kick, right. round kick from spinning behind. When every time you threw that, everybody at ringside would <laughs> go woo you know like <laughs> yeah. and thank God you didn't clock anybody because that pad okay. on your on your what well, you did hit yeah. them, but if it was flush Four, yeah. because with that half inch pad yeah. on your foot the heel would have come in and, and remember uh, there's,
0: there's on the bottom yeah. of the sole of that there's no pad there's, there's no th- it's just a it's like a, a boot that covers the the top and side of your foot but yeah. actually on the bottom of the foot there's nothing there's nothing so you come in
1: with that background but you're not a punch yeah and I, then
0: there's a story there
1: kickboxing yeah. goes to Montreal early 80s right. jaeves first big kickboxing fight was opened up in Montreal against Jarvis Gardner right. And he knocked the guy out in six round, seven round, with the front leg round kick to the head. Right. Boom! Yeah. I jump in the ring, I grab him, and I say, "Kickboxing is born in Montreal." Right. Montreal's a hell of a fight right, town. Right, right. Quebec, they 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 really like it. So you do a transition from Taekwondo to kickboxing.
0: Right. Tell us about that. So uh, that year it was about eighty four, I think eighty five, nineteen eighty four, eighty eighty five. I had, uh, we had done, a, I was training with uh, Jersey Long and uh, Mario Cousin, I don't know if you Good guys, were, man. M- M- Michelle Michel Labonte, and those guys were training at uh, Rialto Gym. And initially, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't really into the kickboxing. I was, you know, martial taekwondo at heart, and I really just wanted to focus on that. And uh, so, you know, that, that summer, we were like, you know, started boxing and I would go and do some training with them. I always trained so, you know, they would invite me to come and, and train with them. So I, so I went to, I went to, and, um, you know, I, I knew how to fight, you know, I always knew how to fight. I didn't know how to box because I never took any courses in boxing, but I knew how to punch. You know, and hard it, yeah and pretty hard <laughs> and uh you know but it was based and rooted in martial arts so it wasn't yeah. necessary but you know as yeah. a kid you learn how to slap box and yeah, you know fool right. around and you you've been watching boxing on tv for the muhammad alis and the you know all those uh, great champions that passed at that time and you know you always imitated them and emulated them and you played around, and so I went to the one sparring session, and uh with Mario Cuson and the rest of them and uh and uh so i we did about four rounds, and so the first three rounds I was great, you know, couldn't touch me, I was moving around, then he started to hit me <laughs> it <laughs> was wasn't so fun anymore? No, but that was that moment too where I realized I didn't know how to box that's right I didn't know. So the whole thing about you know kickboxing, and so from that summer we moved to do uh, go to the uh, world championships in in um, in, in uh, Germany, Stuttgart, and um, so I got something happened politically, and then it wasn't really good. They didn't they didn't, and I hadn't really started kickboxing, but I was kind of like flirting with the idea of it. And so through the training with those guys and 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 you know doing that the tournament, that tournament losing that tournament in that tournament, I think I finished fifth. I said, okay, I'm gonna go to kickboxing. You know, I'm not gonna have this keep. Continue- I was the best in the world at this time, and this yeah. shouldn't be happening. So I'm not gonna let this happen. I'm gonna move forward now and still uh, still compete in uh, still be able to use taekwondo, but compete in kickboxing. And then I started studying boxing, the art of boxing. That's right. As a fighter, not, not as, uh, you know, it was real. It was, it was how do I study what people are doing, why they do it. And, and that's what I did when going back to taekwondo is I studied. I didn't just get out there and do it. So I started practicing. I started going to the gyms. I started going to the boxing. And you know, that sport, that's two words. Kick? Kick boxing. Boxing. For sure, for sure. Good for you, man. Yeah. So I learned the art of boxing. And then I brought that as a part of my style. So like you said, I I wasn't afraid to kick. I didn't have one kind of like set of kicks. I could use a real uh, arsenal of kicks and repertoire of kicks. And then I just, uh, you know became very efficient with the boxing
1: well you know what i I, i've had uh, i've got the pleasure i could say to be there when kickboxing was born in canada but especially in montreal
0: well i would say just to not to really interrupt you but i'd say you know you are not just there you're really quite instrumental in you know Managing and teaching and coaching uh, Jean-Yves and uh, promoting the the kickboxing in itself, not just you know here, and it's really through maybe you know your vision and your character that really you know helped to lay the foundations of what we know. Myself as a fighter, Jean-Yves as a fighter, and any great fighters that we've that materialized really had. Uh, you know a strong influence from your from your input. Well, thank and you we so have much. We to be very gracious for that.
1: Well, thank you. I I appreciate those kind words yeah. coming from you, but you know what? We all grew up together. Yeah. And I would go to Montreal and I'd come back, and I'd think about what happened. And we were lucky because most of the fights were televised. Right. So we were able to see. And I would sit there and take notes on fighters. And, and being French-Canadian, were, you know, so I understood all the wording and everything else. And then mm-hmm. we went there. For the people who don't know this, you're 15 times world kickboxing, kickboxing champion. champion. That's right. I That's... Uh, that's a big record, brother. Yeah. That's a really really big record. Yeah. When you talk about Ray Nickel, you went to boxing, studied boxing. Ray Nickel was your Taekwondo coach, but Ray Nickel was your mentor, was your cornerstone of your career. Right. Tell us about him because he was a great man.
0: Uh, you know, he was a he was a like I, I alluded to earlier. He was really responsible for Helping me to become the fighter I am, you know. Yeah. And th- the fighter I am in the nature of somebody believing in a, in you and in, a, and in a capacity that you have to perform. And not just to perform, and not just as though it were um, a pretentious thing. There was no pretense about it. It is strictly this. And it is, you're capable of do th- doing this. And when I had my first... Um, you know that, that that's a bit two, twofold because yeah. Grandmaster Lee also has his influence, and I'll, I'll cool. kind of trans into that trans, transition transition into that. He Ray had this ability to. I, it was my fight with Jerry Robbins. Gerald Robbins, uh, he's the President of the world of the Hall of Taekwondo Hall of Fame. yeah but he was he was a legend of his time. He was yeah. the Daniel Richey, Mike Warren uh, of his time in the heavyweights. And he was the guy that I would have to be to become Daryl, to become this the passing of the mantle, yeah. kind of thing. And we fought at uh, in New York, and uh, you know, he'd knock out his opponent. I'd fight mine. He'd knock out his. I'd fight mine. He'd knock out his, I'd knock out mine. So he knocked out like three, four guys before we actually got together to fight. And at that time, uh, you know, the callus on the toes would really, you know, form really, you know, how yeah, they get yeah. really hard, and it tore off. Oof. Tore off the big toe, and you could see the meat, the, the white of the, you it, know, it, on, the, yours. on my toe. Yeah. So uh, uh, Gerald Robbins' instructor had saw that it was b- pretty bad. So he comes and Ray and I are together, and he says, "Oh, that's pretty good. Pretty bad. I don't think he's going to be able to fight." Then what do you to fight? Yeah, he says, I don't <laughs> think he's going to be able to fight. So, so all of a sudden Ray takes off, and uh, I'm standing there like, "Where's the, where did he go?" You know, and uh, came back, told me the the worst things you could say about Jerry Robbins. He told me that.
1: Yeah, got you, know, you going.
0: Got me going. Yeah. So he knew how to. In uh, you know, incentivize me to mindset. That's right. You know, don't lose this to this guy, and if you lose to this guy, you don't. You don't. You shouldn't fight anymore. (laughs) That's basically what he's saying. And uh, you know, it's one of the the rare times that I I did a fight, and I don't remember most of the fight. All I know is I wiped him. That's good. And that was the pivotal moment where you know I became Daryl. This. This fighter, not just the Daryl you hear about or the Daryl he's fought a good fight. I became the chap. I became that yeah. fighter that I was being honed to be since I was a, a green belt in yeah. a, on Sherbrooke. And yeah. taking that a little further, Master Lee had a very good sense of how to maintain, how to make you maintain. Y- who you are, what you are, and what you are capable of doing all the time. At at no point, and and having that symbiotic relationship where, you know, that if you are lacking in that, he just has to say one or two things, and that will bring you right back into it. But you have to obviously be able to do it, and and respect the fact that he's capable of doing that with you. That's him. right. And so those are the two real flu influences that. Ray and uh, Master Lee had Stan Nikkel was my kickboxing coach, and the reason I got Stan because Stan has this tenacity about him, this this this, you know. The only thing I could liken it to is, you know, those, those old westerns you used to watch and you had True Grit and, yeah, yeah. you know, like just that gr- gr- rough, grouty old guy, but uh, gunslinger and, uh, you know, he has these set of, yeah yeah, 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 these set of rules and these set of, you know, harsh realities and he was that guy. He was that guy that, I don't care if your foot's falling off, get in there and finish what you had to do. And always remember who you are and make them remember who you are when you leave this room so the sense of that was what i really brought h- i needed him for I, we had that relationship and i we went to kickboxing stan brought, brought, brought. That. stan brought that
1: and you know uh, i remember jayi fighting in the states and the guy would call him genevice darat couldn't pronounce his name yeah. And Jai was pounding him and say, "What's my name?" <laughs> <laughs> you know? So I relate yeah. to that. But yeah. you had some great coaching, and you were surrounded by greatness because Master Lee, Chung Lee, was. Is uh, a man. He was a good friend of mine, right. and he's the man that I always respected. But he was honorable, right? And he was polite, yeah. and he. But he was smart, yeah. right? And he transferred that to the boys. Yeah. Now you get your first big fight. In Montreal, right, the place is packed, right. And this was the hey. This is the golden years of kickboxing. Yeah, yeah. When you step in the ring, and one of you is going to walk out, the other one not so sure. You know. Yeah.
0: Who was that fight? Do you remember one of your first big fights? First big. Well, my first fight was with a, a big wrestler named Eve Valencourt. Eve Valencourt. Wow. Yeah, in Sherbrooke actually. Okay. And uh, it was like. <laughs> Maybe the ring was a little smaller than this. Ring. <laughs> no place to it was run. This eh? discotech with uh, Real Marseille <laughs> and um, and uh, he's like uh, maybe six wrestler wrestler type big dude. He's two hundred and sixty two pounds. I was there. Yeah, I'm a hundred. I'm hundred and eighty five pounds wet. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and I, I I lit him up like a Christmas tree, knocked him out, and yeah. but my real. I mean, my first fight in, uh, in uh, Verdun was with uh, a football player named uh, Dave Teeter, Tetter. a small guy. I, I kicked him. He went to the side of the room. It's one of these. The guy didn't throw one kick, and somehow he still did four rounds. So <laughs> yeah, you start to wonder. You <laughs> like, what happened, JT? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, um, but my first fight, big fight, I uh, was with a guy named uh, Crandall Curtis Crandall from uh, North or South Carolina. Yeah, Cowboy South Crandall. Cal- cowboy Care Curtis yeah, yeah. Crandall. Good fighter too. Yeah, he was good Experience. fighter. He he brought out the you know the shoe shine in me and uh, <laughs> you know and uh, I think that was my first real test, let's say. And uh, after that, you know, I had uh, I fought with Jerry Ro- Jerry Rome Jerry twice. Rome. I fought one, yeah, once for uh, the North American title in Atlanta. His, and, uh, his hometown, by his the hometown way. His hometown with yeah. uh, PKA, I think PKC at PKA or C at the time, yeah. and uh, you know those guys. And uh, it's like going into again, you know, like the the lion's den and uh, yeah. expecting to, uh, you know, come out of here. I mean, I don't want to take anything from them. He 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 got the decision that day. And uh, we met again for the world title in Washington. <laughs> different game? <laughs> different game, different place. And uh, I broke three of his ribs in that, that fight, and uh, I won the title in that fight. That was my you first know, big fight. It, Sorry, before that, it was Mad Dog Downey. I don't know if you. Oh, yes, I remember. Dennis Mad, Mad Dog, Dog Downey yeah. in Philadelphia. I fought him, and uh, and uh, I knocked him down about 12, 14 times. <laughs> that, it, was a, that was a. Interesting fight because you know you have a lot of pre-fight stuff and people say things and you know you try to hype the fight. You know he said a lot of racially motivated things that you know kind of set me off. You know and uh, and it wasn't it was it wasn't so much you know uh, you know get in the guy's head and you know and try to intimidate. Him. It was really I'm gonna kill this guy. If they have to bring me out on a stretcher, I'm gonna kill this guy and um so we were walking and in that in that uh, theater in that uh, ring the the uh, arena they had it was like a theater setting so you had to walk down so you come in and then you walk down to the stage where the ring was so we're walking now to do our pre-fight interview and nobody's turning you know, we're, we're getting closer and closer, and then you hear the <laughs> promoter go, There's no money if you fight now. And everybody <laughs> just turns and walks down to the ring. We did our thing, and uh, he was the first real North American fight that I had. That,
1: uh, that was good. You also fought, I remember, boy, boy, wasn't that a, a, a hell of a fight for you, a guy from France. Oh, yeah, Bruno
0: Vuzzutti. Bruno, Bruno Vuzzutti. He was the big name dude. in
1: Europe, yeah. strong as a bull. Oh, yeah boy you did a number on him yeah, i think you yeah. retired him if I'm, that was if that, i remember correctly yeah, you yeah, know
0: yeah that was a that was a actually uh, you're right you know that was i think quebec versus france yeah and it was a team fight we were doing i think it was seven rounds or nine rounds something like that yeah and uh i remember that fight you know he this guy even if he hits you at the end of the punch it hurt yeah and he'd, like, punch, he'd make him miss, and then he'd just kind of make a lunge at you, and uh, he'd catch you with the end of the punch. So I felt like, you know, initially I was really doing well. I'm beating him. I don't. I didn't feel uh, threatened by him. And then one part, I think it was the third or fourth round, I, I, I heard the tap of the apron, and in my head I'd say, okay, we're going I'm gonna go back to the to the corner and as I'm backing up to go to the corner he clips me in the before the because the, the the bell didn't sound yeah he clips me just as the bell sounding right in the temple and uh so I s- kind of wobble back to the to the to the to the ring to the ringside and then you can see I think it's on video you see <laughs> see him giving me smelling salt and uh, <laughs> waking me up and and um I think uh, the next round I came back I knocked him out. You knocked him out and I, re- I remember that I brought that
1: team from yeah. France He's for trying. the Almancy. Yeah. and uh, I, I told him I said I need a good heavyweight and I said get yeah. Darryl in this fight yeah. it's perfect for him you know yeah. so so that is good so kickboxing has been uh, a great move in your career All right. you know a great move tremendous move, move yeah. yeah and then that that we talked about a breakthrough and well, you mentioned a few of them you know what's your best fight for you it's not so much what i think as a spectator but for daryl lanagan what established daryl lanagan
0: uh you mean in both the careers or both uh, both taekwondo and kickboxing i mean it's a very No, i
1: think taekwondo you mentioned robbins that's, that's so that would
0: be the fight. fight that, okay. But it's beating Korea, actually, that made the the pinnacle moment. You know okay. what I mean? So okay. I had to face Korea in order to... I, I had to face uh, Gerald, uh, Jerry Robbins in order to become Darryl. I had to face the Korean fighter in order to become world champion. Okay, And those two things really are pivotal in their... In the necessity necessity to become me as a fighter i think kickboxing um, it was it was a consistent challenge to meet the next challenge to always kind of be better than the next the yeah. fight that i had before and when i started beating guys like jerry robin uh, jerry rome and uh dennis uh, doug Downey, curtis curtis crandall uh there was another guy called larry curitan larry thunderfoot curitan and uh, i fought him in philadelphia and he was like one of these uh, i don't know if you remember a fighter named john the beast mugabe he was a middleweight fighter he fought uh he was knocking out everybody this is the same kind of guy classic okay. guy he just beat up everybody he was just rough he was like the george foreman of the kickboxing and you know in the states just heavy-handed really strong guy and uh he had knocked out he had his first ten fights, he knocked everybody out the first first round second round, and uh, the That's promoter like a young Mike Dyson yeah, yeah, the promoter at that time is I like you, but well, i got my uh, got my money on this guy, and those kind of things you know are good because they incentivized incentivize me to be able to come come on really uh really strong, you know not losing focus just uh, now I become more focused and um and uh he was a, he was a big fight and i stopped him in the 10th round so That's i mean that, those those there was a lot of moments but you know the pinnacle moments would obviously be uh, winning a world title so yeah uh, winning the world title from jerry Ro- rome and then Premier Saletta who was no pushing no push- there was over. no
1: pushover but winning is one thing is mm. difficult right. keeping them and keep fighting and keep fighting and it's tough and yeah. and and like, uh,
0: back in those days, yeah. there
1: were so many great fighters.
0: I mean, you oh. know, you, you, like you have to—they um, have to understand. Well, this guy says, "Well, I'm a I'm a, a two category world champion. I have yeah. uh, the one ca- FFKA title and the ISKA title, and where you know one might be more synonymous, you know, reputation wise, you still basically have the same fighters in each category." The same. So it's the same. You know, it's not necessarily the title that makes it. It's the fighters that you had to fight right. to get to that title. And, um, you know, they, they said, well, you have two titles. How do, you, how do you be a 23 times and 15 times world champion? Well, you had to defend those titles. That's right. And it's not, so if I were to lose that title and win it again, then I'd be two times. And if I did that 15 times, well, I'd be 15 times. That's all. right, exactly. If I have two titles and I fight one guy, well, not one title is up, two titles are up. So if I lose, I lose both of them. So, you know, yeah. the understanding of how yeah. do you become that, it's you, like everybody you know, wants to take once it. Once
1: you win and you become a world champion, after that, it's not a title, It's respect and you want the people to remember you as the greatest you could be as the things you left in the ring
0: that's that's such a poignant thing you say you know they say someone once asked me what do you want to be remembered for I, I want to be remembered as one of the best fighters of my time yeah i want to be remembered as a great fighter i want to be remembered for the the contributions that i've made to Kickboxing and boxing and ta- I mean Taekwondo and boxing and martial arts. And in order for me to be remembered, that's why I didn't stop fighting after Taekwondo. I didn't stop fighting after kickboxing. I didn't st- and I and I went back to Taekwondo. So I my career really spanned from the 70s to the 2005. That's the length of my career. That's, that's right. how long I was competing. And you're, you're talking about a kid who started at, you know, 12, 13 years old, and I finished fighting at, you know, 43, 44 years old.
1: I mean, beautiful ride.
0: Though. Yeah. You know, it's like, that's not, that's a, an unusual thing. And that's, <coughs> very know, a very rare thing. Uh, and not too many fighters can go 30 years yeah, like that, you yeah, know. 30, 40 years. They I can mean, stay, like, but not to compete. That's right. You know? And you said something earlier. Winning a title is one thing. <laughs> it's a tremendous. Even winning a national title is yeah. something really incredible. Uh, I won twelve of them over, four, you know, four decades. That touched four decades. That's brilliant. So it didn't. It didn't just do it all in one one moment. Yeah. It was over a span of evolving Taekwondo. It wasn't like Taekwondo uh, in the seventies. Yeah. It's Taekwondo up till we are today. It was not a lucky match. No, I mean, it's all. a lifetime. You and know? kickboxing too. You, in order to keep your title, you have to beat the next guy. And that's what I said. I, you know, uh, I'm I'm a little bit older than I look. <laughs> that, <and> that's because. <laughs> but I'm I not didn't gonna tell them your yeah, age. Yeah. I all, I, all I did was train. Yeah. To be honest, I was that guy. Yeah. You know, all I did was, I I didn't drink, I didn't smoke, I didn't carouse. You know, I didn't. Uh, You know, uh, I didn't have this wild uh, ride of, uh, you know, uh, anything outside of the gym. I was really with my, I've been with my wife, Lorraine, since uh, I'm 13. We've been married since I'm 24. You know, uh, we have two beautiful sons and a a grandson. And, uh, you know, everything about my life was how to be a better, a better fighter and eventually a better person.
1: You are a better person. I know that. But I gotta touch on one little one little thing before we go to the finals. Okay, tell us about the Daryl Factor. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's
0: a that's a that's a uh, an acronym that we kind of came up with. It's uh, cool that, Yeah, yeah. yeah like. And uh, you know we we're kind of talking about it at one time. And uh, you know I never had a um, a pseudonym. You know I never had Daryl. Uh, you know John Eve the Iceman is you know uh, <coughs> it's an amicable. Uh, you know, a pseudonym, and it, it represents him. I always wanted to be known as Darryl, you know That's right. I don't. What like you know what you know who who? What's your like a nickname? No nickname. It's just Daryl. <laughs> <laughs> and and so when we were thinking, uh, you know, we need in today you need some kind of representation, something that represents you as uh, you know when somebody talks about you and uh, and. Um, you know, how do you lend your name or your slogan or your uh, logo? And so we came up with the Daryl Factor.
1: The Daryl Factor. The I got I, I to mention a little story here. Okay, okay. 2018, we're in Greece. Right. We do our thing. We teach. Right. We train with people. Right. We socialize. We have a great time. I work it's all the awesome time. time. It was awesome time. Then we took a holiday in one of the Greek resorts, two hours outside of Athens. Portohealy. Portohealy, that's right. And there's 22 of us. And one day you said, we're with the wives, and there was Greg Pollock, who's a strength coach. There was you and Lorraine, and Greg with his wife Lorraine, and Terry Lynn and I, my wife. And you said, Hanshi, I've got a great bottle of red wine, (laughs) because I know you like good wine, and we're going to go out for dinner. And this is when the Darryl factory, this is, because this is funny, it, it, it's, it's so great.
0: How you see it coming. We are price.
1: sitting by the ocean.
0: Beautiful sunset. Yeah,
1: yeah, and beautiful sunset. And there's the street and the restaurants on the other side. And the owner shows up. And you said to the owner, very politely, yeah. because that's the kind of person you Absolutely. are, you said, excuse me, sir, could you bring six wine glasses and a corkscrew? And you put the bottle on the table, and the guy left. It was the owner of the restaurant. And yes. I said, Daryl, do you think he's just going to give you the corkscrew, not charge you anything, and the glasses? He said, Yes. And I said, Why? The Daryl factor, right? <laughs> <laughs> and that's and true. then the guy said, Well, uh, and you look at him, and you just said, Anything wrong, sir? <laughs> no, absolutely not. No, the Daryl factor. So. It, we, we left him a good tip, so anyhow, yeah. it was good. Yeah. So, in closing, I'm going to mention some certain things to you. And I want you to answer whatever way you want. Okay. okay. First of all, advice for people watching this interview. There's are so many good karate fighters, kickboxers, MMA in this world that will see this interview. Right. What's your best advice for them? They're young and they
0: want to go your path so that 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 might sound like a pretty easy question to answer, but it's not. it's gonna take another <laughs> hour to answer that question or that give that statement. I look at it like this, you know for me, what I've done has always been a passion for what I've done so yeah. I, the first thing is is it's your passion passion borderlines obsession you know what i mean it's not it's not something uh that everyone can do. Because if everyone can do it, then you'd have, you know, everyone can do it at their level. And the expectation of their level is what they're really doing it for. Instead of saying, hey, I want to aspire to become like Darryl or or Jean-Yves or any of the other great fighters that they've known. I never aspired to be like anybody else. I never said, I want to be like that guy. I, I want to have the recognition that those people have, but I want to be me. That's right. I want to be known for me. I want to be known. I don't want to be, he fights like this guy. He fights like, no, this is who I am. And this is, ask anybody, how does Darryl fight? Like Daryl? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, to answer that question, it would be, you know, in the sense of your passion. The first is your passion and your drive and your desire to do whatever it is that you want to do whether it be politics sports uh, you know school work whatever you're into whatever you want to do make that your passion life enters into that you know what i mean yep. we, i've had a, i have a family i've had responsibilities i've had commitments i've I, i've had life but my 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 goal and my drive in life uh, ran simultaneous to the rest of the things in life and so i didn't i didn't you know, I'd run from the gym to go take my sons to soccer, hockey, taekwondo, whatever I had to do, go back to the gym, go to work, go, you know what I mean? So I, I made this, the sacrifices necessary to do the things I want to do and, and compete at the levels that I wanted to compete at. So individually, you have to really decide, uh, you know, uh, what your passions are and uh, really... Uh, understand the gravity of what it takes to get to where you want and be realistic.
1: I think that's very good, very good advice. Just in closing, you're a member of the Canadian Black Belt Hall of Fame. Proud member. Proud, most prestigious award in Canada for all martial arts. Absolutely. And I think there's about 120 in there, you know, inducted. There might be more. And you also received the joe lewis eternal warrior award right one, a big which one. you did too well and i'm the one that went and got them for you guys <laughs> <laughs> yes yes and and we got joe corley to come and yes, present and Brenton, it yeah. and i want to thank you for that yeah. not so much for me but for the other guys that were there like yes, jean C- and, and caesar yeah. and uh, uh alain and uh, harry villeneuve, villeneuve and that's right a good Harvey, clan yeah. really really good i <clears throat> For me, I'm just blessed being surrounded by greatness like you, you know, so it's yeah, great. We
0: definitely have So, my friend,
1: I want to say thank you for all you did. Thank you for what you keep doing. And together, let's walk a few more miles over the next 20 years or so. Absolutely.
0: Was Little my brother. My pleasure, big brother. Yeah, absolutely. My pleasure. And love you. Let's too.
1: make the next generation the best one.
0: Yes, the best thing they can be.